Welcome to Who is Grace Weekly, Grace Church's weekly podcast. My name is John Tiernan, and I'm excited to be your host over the next five weeks as we cover the I Am Jesus sermon series. Our mission here at Grace is to make and be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We hope these conversations will help you live out that mission in your everyday life. Today, I'll be doing a deeper dive with Pastor Derek about his message from Sunday, including a part that didn't make it to his sermon that he's excited to tell you about. We will talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus as our good shepherd, even when it's difficult, as well as practicing the spiritual discipline of solitude. We would love for you to share this podcast with others and to like and subscribe so you get notifications for every episode each week. Let's jump into my conversation with Pastor Derek. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of our weekly podcast. Uh, I'm here with Pastor Derek, and we're both so pumped for you to be joining us for our conversation today. What's up, Johnny? Hey, man. Before you start peppering me with questions, can I ask you what was the high point of your week this week? Absolutely. So uh, when we're recording this, uh, Ash Wednesday worship night just happened, and it was such a joy to see people that I haven't seen in a year uh, worshiping together and getting to reconnect with them and hear how they're doing, their family's doing. So that just filled my heart, man. I was grateful to God to, to see some some beloved friends uh, back in the church family worshiping together. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Any highlights from your week? Yeah, that I, I had that moment too. It was just, man, there was something so powerful about being together with in worship, you know, and, yeah. and uh, I loved the... Uh, just the collection of songs that the team put together, and you guys did such a great job with your talks, and uh, just but seeing the people was was the highlight. And that's awesome. That's cool. Hey, we're talking about Jesus being our good shepherd today. Yes. And so I want to ask you: Do you have any memorable experiences with sheep or other farm animals? All right. So, the little known fact: I grew up next to a farm. Okay. So I grew up in Cory next to Dodd's Farms. And so we would go over to this farm every day. They would, you know, they had huge milking pens and you'd got to be in the cows. We had massive uh, cornfields behind our house. So we did all the field, cornfield mazes and would run through the cornfields. And so I, I just have lots of great memories of being next to the farm there. Wow. But uh, when, when I got a little bit older and a little bit feistier, uh, we did do a cow tipping expedition, so I, I know that this is not not everybody's familiar with this. But it, tell us more. Well, we a couple of my friends and I snuck in through the through the barbed wire fence at night, had kind of snuck out of our house and uh, went to this field where there's a bunch of cows. And you know the 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 idea is that as they sleep standing up, yeah, you can get close enough to them and and kind of tip them over. And uh, so we got all the way up to this one cow, and we heard a, a bull uh, woke up and start chasing us. Oh, no. <laughs> so, we, so it became the, uh, you know, th- that's where I learned the old adage of like, I don't have to be faster than the animal, I just have to be faster, faster than my friends. <laughs> so I was faster than my friends and got out of there. He didn't get any of us, but uh, yeah. So I've had, I've had plenty of run-ins with uh, farm animals, including sheep from time to time. The cow, the cow story is more exciting. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you're here to like to live to tell the tale. Yeah, That's, of course. Yeah. I'm thankful to hear that. Uh, we're going to rename this podcast Confessions uh, with <laughs> Pastor Derek. Yeah, that'd be fun. So the big idea from your sermon this week was because Jesus is the good shepherd, you belong to him. And you really helped us understand the significance of belonging to Jesus like, like sheep belong to their shepherd. And so you talked about Jesus knowing us and satisfying us and including us, different aspects of what that relationship looks like. But one of your points was that Jesus guides us faithfully. That's the one that I want to ask you about because you said something very convicting, that, that we want Jesus to be our consultant, not our shepherd. 
that we want his advice and help when we're in trouble, but we don't really want to follow and obey him with every aspect of our lives. And that's painfully accurate for, for many of us. Uh, so I'd love for you to share a time in your life when you know that Jesus was, was asking you to do something specific, but you were hesitant to follow him. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, this, this whole idea of a consultant or a guide, I think we, we often think of like a tour guide. So like if you're traveling overseas or whatever and you go, I want to, I want to get a tour of the Taj Mahal or whatever. And so I'll hire a guide that will be with me for a couple hours and then I can dismiss them or I can go on my own or whatever. And shepherds and sheep were way different. You know, the, the, the sheep were totally dependent on the shepherd for everything. And so it wasn't kind of a thing where the sheep were opting in or out, you know, whenever they felt like it. It was like, this is my life. And so, yeah, so Jesus is our guide. And to, and, and to your question of, um, you know, a time when Christ was asking me to do something that I didn't want to. Right. And there's lots of examples of this. There's lots of examples of this professionally and in ministry, you know, which way the church should go, um, where I feel like he's prompted me one way and I'm saying, I don't, I don't want to do that. But I think, you know, one of the recent examples is just being on TV. And I know some, some of these folks watch us on TV, so I don't want to diminish it, but you, you know, I struggle with the TV thing. Yeah. Uh, never dreamed of myself as a televangelist and all of a sudden, all of a sudden here we are. Um, so that was when I resisted. I'm still resisting a bit, but I'm trying to. But the to, rest of us are saying, right. This yeah. is God's using this. You got to keep going. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be faithful, but I, I think on the personal side is just, um, I've had, you know, as a pastor and, and being in front of a microphone all the time, you have people think all kinds of things about you, but um, nothing is more painful than being wounded by a friend. And so um, I had a friend wound me uh, a while ago and um, was slandering me and doing some other things. And I, I can deal with that when it's just certain people, but when it's somebody close, that it really hurts. And uh, just working through the emotions of what do you do with that? And I want to be angry. I want to be strike back. I want to defend myself. I want to go to people that I know that person is talking to and say something bad about them. You know, I mean, there's all those things that kind of go through your mind. And uh, I came through a season, again, not long ago, that um, <laughs> in my quiet moments, God would bring that person's either name or face into my mind. The Holy Spirit would just remind me of that person. Normally when that happens for me, it's been a call to prayer, and I did not want to pray <laughs> for that person. And uh, that happened on with enough regularity over a short amount of time that I finally said, okay, I know this is God asking me to do something, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and reach out to that person. And it wasn't, this isn't a happy ending story. It wasn't met, it wasn't met with a lot of great, you know, we didn't hug it out and everything is fine. But I did what Jesus asked me to do, even though I didn't want to. That's a, that's, that story hits, man. I, like, I hear that and think, ultimately, choosing to obey Master Jesus over your selfish, sinful tendencies. You know, he gets the glory there. And like you said, it doesn't always work out in this beautiful, redemptive way that we want it to. Uh, but we, we take encouragement knowing that our shepherd is pleased. And I, I don't, I don't want to sound super spiritual. I mean, it doesn't always go that way for me. You know, there's still things I'm working through that I haven't. I feel like he's t calling me to that I'm saying still no. And it, it, it comes back to this idea, is he my consultant or is he my shepherd? Because with a consultant, you can take it or leave it. 
you know, you're saying, okay, you come in, speak into this, and then I'll decide in the end. Yeah. And and, and with a shepherd, it's different because he's going, I don't know, here's where, here's where we're going. And, uh, well, and the good part, the good shepherd, part of your message helps me remember that I'm, I'm surrendering to a shepherd that's good. Right. And so ultimately, ultimately, whatever he's asking me to do is better than the thing I would choose without him. Like, like in your example, like it ultimately you're choosing the better route of, of reaching out than holding a grudge. That's, that's actually better. It's good. But I have to really trust him in order to follow. It's a great point. I mean, and, and it's the, you know, he says it in this passage that we talked through in John 10, that he's, he's, he's leading us to abundance. And I yeah. think we have to keep reminding ourselves of that, of like, this isn't bad. He's, he's leading me toward the abundant life, even though it feels like sacrifice right now for me or whatever. This is, this is the green grass you know, that, that we can feast on. Yeah. I hope that encourages somebody today. I bet someone's making a, a tough call on whether they obey God in something. And I hope that that's a really helpful encouragement to say, Hey, his way's better. Yeah. His way's better. One of the cool parts of this podcast is that people get to hear part of your sermon that didn't make it to your message. We talked a little last week about that process that every, every sermon you have to cut like a significant amount of ideas or, or illustrations or things that didn't make it. And so I think it's cool that people get to hear at least one of those things uh, during this, this podcast. So what's something that got cut from your sermon this week that you want to tell people about? Yeah, so this is the, the cutting room floor segment, right? Yeah. So, and w- one of the, uh, the interesting adjustments since we've been in this period of being much more uh, online and on TV and, and even in person without having kids ministry started back up yet, we've got kids watching. And uh, I've been reminded... <laughs> As we, we came through the Hosea series, and I had to say the word whore a couple of times that was yes, uncomfortable. <laughs> and then last week, I got some comments back from parents when I, I was talking about not wanting Jesus to come back until I got to have sex with my wife. And um, it was imagining, as as those words were coming out of my mouth in the first service, imagining some of these little kids sitting with their parents saying, Mommy, what's sex before marriage? And uh, so I, I'm, I'm having to rethink. So all that to say. So right now, go ahead. I'm thinking about the, the, the parent who's listening as right. they drive their kids to school right now, right. and they're having to do it all over oh, again shoot. after yeah. being with their kids in sermon. So you're welcome, <laughs> and we're sorry, and we love you. Pastor Derek, tell I, us about that part of your sermon <laughs> that didn't make it to I you. Was, I was hoping the podcast would be more <laughs> exclusive to adults. Anyway, listen, so the, the reason I gave that little intro is because this example was one that I didn't want to do with kids in the room because it was it's a little bit graphic. But um, we're talking about shepherds and sheep, one of the methods that shepherds would use on a sheep who would stray over and over again. So there would, there would be these problem sheep that, that they just had a hard time keeping track of. And when you have one sheep constantly wandering off and you're having to leave the, the rest of the, the flock, it's a big problem. And so um, one of the techniques that shepherds would, would use would be to break one of the legs of that wandering sheep. They would purposefully break the leg and, consequently, carry that sheep on their shoulders. Like, we've all seen the old pictures of Jesus with the sheep on his shoulders. This was actually a method shepherds would use. They would carry that sheep on their shoulders for every moment of the day until that leg was healed. And uh, But once it was healed... For the rest of that sheep's life, it would stay right next to the shepherd's side um, because such a trust had developed between the sheep and the shepherd during that time. And so um, 
you know, we talked about the difference between a true shepherd and a hireling in my, in my message. And a hireling would never do this. It's too much work. Um, but a true shepherd of the sheep would do it because he's concerned for the sheep's well-being over the long haul. And uh, I think it's just such a powerful analogy that, that for many of us who might interpret the uh, experiences of our life as wounding, sometimes God, what feels like wounding is actually God healing us. It's actually God bringing us into closer intimacy with Him. And uh, I'm just reminded of the ferociousness of God's love sometimes, that, that, um, that He's really concerned about our thriving. But, but sometimes that involves wounding as well. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. Right. That, that, Too that, intense for the five-year-olds in the service. Yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it being here, though. I think it's important for us to have context yeah. for some of the, the painful experiences we go through and, and how God would allow them or, or even at times initiate them. You know, and it's hard to, hard to know which it is when it's happening. Sure. Uh, but that he could use that to actually draw us closer, that we'd walk out of that with a greater dependence and trust on him than when we walked into that painful situation. And that's... That's a great gift when it yields that that intimacy with God. And 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 you know, I mean, there's other analogies in the Bible that talk about this similar thing, where so if you go to John 15, talking about the vine and the branches, and this this whole idea of that, it says in John 15, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And so it's, it's kind of the same idea that there are some times when, and in fact, in certain plants, these things that, that grow are called suckers um, because they will suck away the, the nutrients and the resources that, that are needed for the rest of the plant to really grow and thrive. And so when those suckers are taking that stuff away from the healthy, you know, buds, it's actually doing more harm than good. And so you know, a good gardener will come along and cut those off. And again, when that pruning happens to us, like I want to, I want to bear fruit, but I don't want to get pruned. You know, and it, and 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 you can't have the problem is you can't have both of those. Like in order to bear fruit that God wants us to bear, the pruning is actually part of the process. And so I think it's just good to to remind ourselves from time to time. Like a, a practical example, I remember when Chase, my son, my middle son, was little. It was before he could talk. Like he was really little, but he had gotten a, a big a sliver in his foot that was very painful. I remember the process of taking that out. You know, this, he didn't know what was happening. So in his little mind, he's going, "Dad is hurting me," and I'll, I'll remember. I'll remember this for the rest of my life because I mean, it was like it, it was a tweezers and razor blade and the whole, you know, the whole thing and kind of holding him down and doing this. And I remember that that he. He was yelling and crying even after I got the splinter out. So I knew it was out and that it, he, he wasn't going to be in pain much longer, but he still felt the pain. And I, I, just, I think that's just such a powerful image that there are times when we're still feeling the pain and God's already working the healing. And we have to trust, again, like you said, we have to trust the shepherd that he knows what's best. Ooh. Yeah, we had to take Ella in for stitches and similarly, you know, I know this is good for you, sweetheart, but for a little while now, it's going to be scary and painful. Um, and just God loves us with that same intentionality to bring healing and closeness through and, the pain. And I think a good, like when we put ourselves in the, in the kids' space in that energy, because that's what we are with God, you know, we can go with our kids and, and go, I mean, I know after that chase, 
came to me and he hugged me. And even though I had caused him pain, it was like, well, you're the only thing I got right now, so I need a hug. And, you know, I think about in those moments when we're experiencing pain, we can choose to run from God or we can choose to run to God. And I think we have to be reminded that he's also our, our comforter. He's part of the shepherd is he's wounding us to heal. And, and then we run to him. It is, again, an endless analogy, but a, a, a very powerful one. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love hearing that, you know, extra piece that we didn't get to hear on Sunday. And yeah. It paints an even fuller picture of Jesus as a good shepherd. It's yeah. awesome. And I didn't have to talk about breaking sheep's legs in front of kids. There we go. Okay. And, and I think that's a good thing. My, <laughs> my kids, thank you. <laughs> so uh, as we go through this I Am Jesus series, we're in week two. Uh, we would love for everyone to follow uh, along with the I Am Jesus daily devotional. It's this really great resource that's going to help you find your chair every day and meet with God um, and make the most of this series. So for those who've already started, congratulations. That's awesome. For those who haven't yet, um, no time like today, and and you're not too late, just jump in. Uh, Start with week two, day one, if you're listening to this on Monday right after the sermon. Uh, And you can find that digital daily devotion book at whoisgrace.com forward slash read, and we'd love for you to check that out. A little shout out to Pastor Sarah, who's doing the Who Is Grace daily podcast. That's a great uh, podcast to check out to go along with that uh, I Am Jesus digital uh, devotional book. So last week we talked about finding your chair. You challenged us to committing to a specific time and place to meet with God as one of the they're like really important starting places if you're starting to, to develop that habit in your life. Um, you also used a great analogy about washing dishes, mm-hmm. which got me in trouble with my wife. Thanks a lot Sorry, about I figured it asking about chores. <laughs> um, but if you missed that, good analogy from Pastor Derek about washing dishes. Uh, check out episode one. Um, so as part of, the, part of the devotional, we're challenging people to engage in two spiritual disciplines, fellowship and solitude, which are kind of opposites, right? Fellowship, gathering, and solitude, getting alone. Yeah. Um, and I want to ask you about solitude. Why is, is the spiritual discipline of solitude so important, and how has it had a, an impact on your life and your relationship with God? Yeah, th- thanks for asking this, and I, I too am excited about that part of the book, and I think it was very intentional, like, you know, when we're creating the book, it's like, do we take people through all of the spiritual disciplines and have them practice different ones, and we kind of settled on, man, coming out of the pandemic and just where we are as a people right now, it seems like these are two great needs, and that solitude, like people, so there are people who need, who have been lonely, but not experienced solitude, and those are two different things. And there are people who have been alone and just need to re-engage with people and need to get back into that fellowship stream. And so we're just saying, pick one of those two, maybe for this Lenten journey, and and kind of focus in on it. And uh, so, you know, solitude. I, I think it's so so valuable for us because um, we have, I fear, become enslaved to a culture of speed and superficiality and um, distraction. And our natural tendency is just to turn on noise. And I think it's because people at some level are afraid to be alone with themselves. That there's that there's that brings us to a place of fear. And so we have this urge always to reach for the knob, to reach for the phone, to reach for social media, to reach whatever it is that we can kind of fill our time with. And I think solitude is this ability to kind of set aside all of that noise. And, and focus on 
Jesus and our relationship with God. And so, I mean, I, the, the definition I've used forever about solitude is just, it's a voluntary retreat from the company of others and from the distractions of everyday life. That's good. And so it's just, it's this limited seclusion that helps us to focus on God. And again, it's different than just being alone um, because it's, it's, a, it's more of a state of mind and heart that says, I'm going to be with God. And so, and again, loneliness and solitude, two different things. So solitude is the joy of being alone. Loneliness is the pain of being alone. And solitude is our inner fulfillment, while loneliness is inner emptiness. And so we see Jesus again and again through his ministry. If you just follow his steps, seeking regular times of solitude where he would steal away from the, the crowds or he would go into the mountains or he would you know, find a lonely, deserted place or he would go into the desert. And um, I recognize that people are at various stages of life with kids yep. and that solitude for people with young kids is very hard. And my urging would be to fight for it. <laughs> Um, it, that make it an absolute priority in your life. And it's been so, so important to me. Um, you know, we, we talk around here about daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly solitude, being committed to all four of those things and saying, we're going to daily find our chair. That's a, that's a moment of solitude. We're going to weekly participate in Sabbath. We're going to monthly maybe get a couple hours away of extended time and yearly, maybe a day or two away where we can just be alone with God. And I think, you know, again, I, so I, I've had part of my rhythm has been to get away to a cabin in the woods, you know, at least once a year, um, try to find some time. And I, I just remember it's usually at a monastery, although they've kind of closed down since COVID. So I'm going to have to find a new plan. But um, I remember a couple years ago going out to that spot and I found there's a little bench under a tree there on my way. The cabin's way back in the woods and so I'm lugging my suitcases back through this wooded trail or whatever. And I remember sitting down under this tree at this monastery and I was there for about 20 minutes and I wasn't praying, I wasn't reading my Bible. It was just, I was with God, I was aware of his presence and I could, over those 20 minutes, feel my soul wake up. And, and I was so impacted by going, my soul was asleep and I didn't even know it. I, I've been so kind of indoctrinated into this pace and speed and distraction of life. And I think we've just kind of so willingly given our soul over to those things that we've neglected our inner life and, and almost a monastic way of life that historically has been kind of part of the, the Christian tradition um, and, and we've kind of just handed it over to our devices. And so, um, I don't know, I, I, just, I just have a, a strong kind of calling for people to do it. I think we have, you know, I shared it with our staff earlier, but I, I think we don't have a time problem. I think we have a priority problem, and m more, than, more than we're willing to admit. So when you talk about that priority problem, you talk about, you know, an addiction to distraction or connectivity— um, what's like that first step? Like what, you know what I mean? Like some people are saying, Hey, I'd love to be comfortable being alone and quiet, but you know, just haven't done it in a really long time. Like what's the first step for someone to try in the next 24 hours that would, would give them a little taste of, of what God can do through solitude. It, it's, it's part of why I'm passionate about chair time. So I, I think that that daily chair time and kind of wrestling through, you know, I, I just mentioned all the external voices 
you know, social media and TV and radio and whatever causes us to reach for a knob or a device. I think the internal voices can actually be scarier and louder at times. And it's one of the reasons why we, we struggle. And so when we sit down in that chair for our chair time and we just try to center ourselves on the Lord, the external noises might be turned off, but the internal noises start to turn on. And so all of a sudden there's this revenge fantasies that come into our mind and shame and guilt and lust and, you know, dreaming of the perfect life or rage or obsessing or whatever. And these voices, um, you know, kind of can consume us. And I think part of centering ourselves on Christ and turning our attention to another input, and that's the thing, it's not just quietness, it's taking a different, in, filling that void with a different voice that I think is very, very important. And so whether that's through the reading of Scripture, I know for me, it usually takes me a little while when I hit my chair to settle my mind down. And so I'll either, I have a few practices that I'll do. I'll either light a candle, that's helpful for me just to kind of, there's something about that that's centering. I'll turn on a worship song. So sometimes worship music just kind of gets me in a different, it's a different input. Or I'll begin with a, with a psalm. Like before I even hit my reading for the day, I'll just get to the psalm and, get, and, and just allow that input to begin to settle my voices. That's really helpful. So someone uh, has helped me. Pastor Scott's one of the people, a few different people have suggested taking a few deep breaths. And I used to think that was really like <laughs> kind of cheesy, no offense to those who <laughs> love it. I'm finally realizing how helpful it is to settle my brain down and to, to be more attentive to God and what the Holy Spirit's trying to communicate. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I do to clear my mind as I'm preparing to meet with God in that, in that solitude that that's been helpful for me. Yeah, I heard Brennan, Brennan Manning say one time that uh, he, he encourages these kind of centering prayers where you breathe in and breathe out, and you just kind of let certain words. So like if you breathe in and say, Father God, and you breathe out and say, I'm your child, Father God, I'm your child, just that kind of like, it's just a reminder to ourselves that there's another critical voice that we need to tune into. And, and, and like our phone, you know, when you, you come off an airplane and it's seeking for a signal, it's looking to find a signal, our, our mind and heart is always in that mode of going, I need to find a signal. And, and if we don't fill it with the right stuff, we're going to fill it with the wrong stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's a little challenge for, for those who are, are missing out on that opportunity to, to get alone with God and seek some solitude. Um, if you're not finding joy in it, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling, uh, you know, you get alone and then all of a sudden your mind just goes, try and try and seek some solitude uh, and, and let that input of truth of, of God communicating to you be refreshing and renewing uh, in this season where there's a lot of drains uh, yeah. on all of us. You know, what's ironic is that there's a big kind of push toward this right now. So if you go to Amazon, you'll find lots of books about mindfulness. That seems to be kind of yeah. the, the secular word, mindfulness or being present, right? You can watch TED Talks on it and all this kind of stuff. And I, th those things are fine. They're just missing the most important thing about Christian solitude, and that's Jesus. That's the difference. It's, it's more than just being mindful. It's more than being present. It's being with Jesus. And I think that's the goal of Christian solitude. And the cool thing is when you get solitude, right, I think maybe Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about this, of like, if you don't have that good time alone with God, you're not going to be much good when you're with people. And if you don't have a good time connecting in fellowship with other Christians, then it's going to, your, your alone time with God is going to struggle. We need, we need both. And so it's cool to think that as you connect with God, with Jesus in, in your alone time, 
you then are more set up to connect with him throughout your day. As you do your work, as you spend time with your family, you get to walk with Jesus through all that. Another great conversation, man. So appreciate uh, getting to have these conversations. And we're so thankful uh, for, for those of you who are, who are joining us for these. Um, we love it. We love that this is a way for you to be encouraged, to live out that mission, uh, to make and to be fully devoted followers. We would really love for you to experience the daily devotional. Um, so find that at whoisgrace.com forward slash read. So that, that makes this I Am Jesus series that much more uh, rich and, and meaningful. Uh, we'd love for you to share this podcast with others uh, and be sure to like and subscribe so you get notifications every week when a new episode shows up. Uh, and if you if it was helpful for you, when you leave a comment or review, that, that makes it more possible for someone else to listen and benefit from this conversation. Uh, for more information about Grace Church and Erie PA, check out whoisgrace.com. Uh, we'd love to, to connect with you that way. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week, and we will see you next week uh, for our next episode.